Hello, welcome to Nonfiction Nitroglycerin. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Unknown Market Wizards, the latest book from Jack D. Schwager. Uh, it's in the long line of his Market Wizards books. Um, yeah, it's a good one. I've been recommending it to all my friends that are interested in finance or biz books, uh, even if they're not necessarily interested in trading that actively or think of themselves as a trader. Um, but before that, I actually have a little bit of an announcement. So I have started another podcast called uh, Deep Rex. And the idea is to basically, um, I don't know, I, I've always been intrigued and interested to know about people's favorites, like not their, not their popular favorites, but their, their movies or books or just be, even like, I keep using this as an example, but like, kitchen utensils <laughs> just anything that they are really big on that they don't think other people know about or is being talked about or is kind of underrated so um so yeah so i don't know how many about six episodes deep now and um yeah i've covered movies and poetry uh just recorded one talking about paintings uh so yeah uh it's a it's a lot better than this podcast um and i actually have one coming up talking to uh, Books of Titans, uh, which is a great podcast where the guy started off going through all of the books that are recommended in Tim Ferriss's Tools of Titans, and now he's just moved on and, and I think kind of pivoted to his own schedule and his own picks. But anyhow, uh, there'll be a link to that podcast in the notes. Uh, check it out if you think it, you like the sound of it. And uh, yeah, on today to uh, Unknown Market Wizards. So unfortunately, as with some of these, I've, as, soon as, this, as soon as I saw this, I bought it and listened and prioritized it, shoved it to the top of the stack. And actually, I think, I actually think that if you haven't read any of his other books, uh, you might actually like, I don't know, I, I think, I, I actually like this one more because these guys are kind of more everyday traders. A lot of the traders that he speaks to in his earlier books are some of the all-time greats, which obviously, you know, you can learn a lot of best practices and things from them. But um, these guys were almost more interesting because, um, you know, it seemed like guys that I've, my, I haven't brushed shoulders with, but like colleagues would have brushed shoulders with in London. And uh, I don't know, it just seemed very current. It seemed very varied. Um, and they're just interesting chaps. So actually, I don't, even despite liking this book so much, I don't actually have that many notes on it. So it's going to be kind of quick. Um, but I, I do remember just, yeah, raving about it and uh, trying to, I always, I always have people trying to, ask me for finance book recommendations and there's just there's not that many I don't think there's that many good nonfiction books out there to begin with or that come out each year um, and there's definitely not that many good finance uh, books so once you once you've you know made your way past the top all-time 20 or so um, but yeah uh, my first my first note here, I, I I tried to figure out what I meant by it, but basically this one guy says he just got into trading because his brother was buying silver coins, and he made made a lot of money on that, and so that pr 
prompted his interest. Um, and then the kind of old trading adage that comes up lots of times. And I guess that's the other thing is you see what's, what's repeated by all these different guys and kind of how that might fit into your personality. It's very dangerous thinking for me personally, thinking like, oh, you know, because I think that's what I want to, I want to be like this trader that sits out on his gentleman farmer and just, uh, you know, is smarter than everybody else and just watches the money roll in. But it's actually like mo a lot of things in life is, uh, just takes a lot of boring, hard work, uh, regardless. So, uh, personally, yeah, I have to just kind of almost look at it as entertainment, my entertainment spend rather than like obviously investing or saving money. But uh, this guy says that he's made more money, made money not by trading, but by sitting. He's uh, and only made money because he made a lot of mistakes. And his, his specific tip that jumped out at me was to uh, fade or counter trade the guys that he sees on TV or the guys that he knows that are just always wrong. And he doesn't know anything better, but just, you know, he knows they're not, they don't have the pick. Um, and then this book, unlike Jack's other books, is much more like varied and talks about like sports betting and just like kind of like different, different things um, come into play that I haven't seen popped up in his other books. Uh, but this guy says that the most um, important thing that he saw in sports betting was um, not the price, I, I guess he's saying not the odds, I don't know, um, but the participation. And so he said, like, if he saw a game where 25 of the top 30 NFL spread pickers had the same pick, and by his calculations or his models or his back testing, 80% of the time they were wrong. So I don't know, I'll have to, but that might be. When I'm looking to do my parlays in this next NFL season, I might I might have a look at that. Um, another trader was just it's pretty obvious, but he was just realizing what a strenuous, stressful job it is and or pastime it is, and so just like the idea of like you had to be physically and mentally strong to be able to keep up with it. Then uh, some other guy saying just be in harmony. He had to be in harmony with this process and feel good for him to actually make good decisions wanted to be trading from a state of calm and inner peace which is easier said than done and then just like with michael phelps and swimming or anything he's like actually visualize your trade outcomes um which i i've found that to be helpful of like okay what happens if i place this trade and immediately within you know five minutes it goes down 50 percent. what do i do and, and then if you're able to do that then you're like okay maybe i should cut this position by by, you know, by two-thirds or something like that. Um, one of the interesting guy, guys he talks to, um, he talks about how he got started just kind of noticing the arbitrage and the in everyday life. And so he would actually, because garage sales were such a feminine kind of thing, he would, um, he would, spe he would specifically go after male-oriented stuff at garage sales. I forget what his I forget what his examples were. If they were like clocks or records or something like that, but it was just basically like, uh, yeah, he he had the free time and he would just bike all around town and pick up these things that that males liked and then bring them to guys' shops. Or he eventually got you know new collectors that he could 
offload the items to or pawn shops or things like that. Uh, and what's interesting also is, you know, Jack, I feel like he's pretty fastidious in who he covers and who he wants to, who he's going to let into his book. Uh, um, and so he, you know, he looks for the history uh, of these traders and, you know, actually finds out, okay, do they deserve to be in this book? Are they actually getting, you know, sustained long-term returns that are so much better than, you know, normal folks or, or the market? And I, I think he proved to my satisfaction that they were. The book actually starts out a little bit slow because it's, it says it's unknown market wizards, but then it starts out with Peter Brandt, and I kind of like, ugh, I kind of like sighed just because, you know, Peter Brandt, if you're on crypto Twitter or finance Twitter or real vision television, you know, he's just everywhere. And so I was like, oh, shoot, I you know, I already know about this guy, but even by the end of the Peter Brandt interview, I was like, got something out of it and was, you know, liked Peter Brandt that much better, even though I've heard his story, I feel like four or five times. Uh, there was one guy that worked off social media and he called him ticker tags. And so he would like, he would look for word combinations uh, and through his word combinations, he basically he uh, and searching social, I think he, he said like Facebook a lot, uh, but he realized that uh, he realized that the oh shoot, uh, strange, uh, Stranger Things that it was like a just a huge phenomena that was whatever it was testing like eighteen times higher. It was eighteen times more activity than uh, the average Netflix show release. And so he bought Netflix on that, and I guess that trade ended up being good for him. And then I think it was SeaWorld. Um, he shorted SeaWorld or something because he saw that the, I think it was like the, the Orca documentary coming out that like have all the bad things that happen to those fish and stuff, and uh, or in, in captivity, whatever. And so then he made money on that, and then he also, he been he monitored an example of combos that would, I guess, give him greater, greater clarity was he would uh, monitor the Google, the word combo, uh, gun plus class, because obviously people that have, are buying new guns for the first time want to go to a gun class. And he noticed that when Trump was elected that that gun class search was, uh, search searches dove. And so he shorted Smith and Wesson. Um, and then he I, I think he I think he basically what he does is he just sees something repeated a couple times anecdotally and then I forget if he had proprietary uh, scraper that would go through and, and find these things or what his deal was but uh, I want to say I want to say that you could uh, you could pay for his system but basically only hedge funds or only professionals could it was so expensive could get it um, but he was talking about women talking about braless or bralettes I guess bra lights and so he shorted Victoria's Secret because obviously they were making their bread and butter on the wire full push-up bra uh, and then he was also uh, he was also saying that uh, uh, one of his word combinations was uh, roofs and hail he's like because it's very hard to determine uh you can see how much hail, I guess, is 
falling pretty easily but you don't know whether that's a highly populated area or and, and how many roofs are in that area so when he sees the the uh word combination uh roof and hail then he would um buy beacon roofing company and uh and had made a lot of money off that, and so the guy. Sorry, I'm repeating myself there, but um, he. I think one time Jack asked him. He said, "You know, are a lot of people, are a lot of people following you into this?" And he said, "Yes and no." So you can sell a system. He's like, "But people don't really trust." I think people have found this, and it's also the thing of like trying to uh, tailgate on somebody else. Is people don't actually trust a system unless it's their own system um and so if you don't trust it then you don't throw the throw the you know the trade sizing at it maybe uh so i thought that was interesting because there's obviously you know just with trading there's so many different components uh he talks about umbrella tags so a lot of times he would just use obsessed or i can't find uh with and and look for that and then look for is that like what are grand theft auto 2 or uh uh, one example was Elmer's glue, and so he's like, "What the heck is coming?" People just couldn't find Elmer's glue; it was out of stock everywhere. And so he bought this. He bought the stock, and it whatever doubled or something like that. And later, only later, did he find out that it, the reason why was because all of these parents, like slime, was just blowing up, and slime and Elmer's glue is a big. Com- ingredient for kids making slime um so yeah there's just there's lots of stuff like that he was uh talking about um a big i can't find was like snow glow elsa and he was saying that that company he he bought that and uh and whatever they had they had great sales or something like that and uh the stock like after they announced earnings or whatever the stock just like doubled or something like that. But then like immediately, as soon as it doubled, I think I, it has been a little bit rectum, but it made an impression on me. Uh, something, something to the effect of like right after it doubled, it like went, it like halved and then like went down by half again, like immediately before he could even cash out of any of his position. And it was basically because the company was, had like 50% ownership by one entity and they wanted to, they wanted to whatever realize their gains or get out of it um so it's just this idea that just you know even when you're even when you think you've done everything and your system is right you can still get screwed uh but a a big question i think and this is actually this is actually the question i don't know if people ask themselves this enough um but you're saying like what is your interest what is your personal niche uh what are you willing to spend four hours a day of your free time working on and and that you know so there's maybe a specific area of the market i think a lot of guys this turns out to be sports or something i I just noticed some you know a guy that i knew has quit his job to work on his sports betting startup um so obviously you're more prone to be successful at the things that you fully throw yourself into which is obvious but bears repeating uh they just talk about how the market has changed, obviously, with all of these finance books saying that, you know, a guy used was using a trigger for his 
his trading system that worked on uh, intraday prices and, uh, and, and talking, about, talking about how he had to basically just go to smaller and smaller and smaller time frames to keep making money. Uh, his system had like a, a system stop of 10%. If Once he hit like 10% below his starting level of equity, his starting funds, then he would like quit for a week or two weeks or a month and, and try and find out where his system was going wrong or 15% from his equity high, which I think that's that's kind of that's kind of more key. And I guess whatever. I haven't delved too deeply into trading systems, but like, you know, the idea that like how do you how do you keep your gains cuz uh, I think early traders me whatever you get huge gains and then you get huge losses. They just get, they, I think they call them trying to trying to minimize round trip trades. <laughs> I'm an expert on round trip trades. Um, and then he just came, and then, I don't know, people would recommend him, or uh, I don't know if the guys had newsletters or something, but he would go find these guys. He found, like, this Czech guy that, like, yeah, he was finding some way to arbitrage the home teams in soccer and make money in sports betting, and then he just, like, did his trading. But, like, you know, he had never accrued, like, a huge amount of money because like he was literally taking out his gains because to to fund his everyday expenses so it's just super interesting to hear somebody like that talk who you know who isn't coming from a oh gosh cf is it cft or something in london or some you know commodity futures trading house you know just or isn't a freaking mit grad you know um so yeah he, he just talks about all these different things and then I guess the goal of everyone is just if you can, good God, you know, if you can just be one of those people that is dominating your industry or you love your job, uh, that's the thing that's just so, you know, so few people are able to get to that type of position where this guy says that Monday was his favorite day of the week because the markets were open and he could go back to his work. And so I was like, ugh. That's my that's my final note, and that's I guess that's the hopefully that, that's a, that'd be a nice goal to realize of Monday being your favorite day of the week because you're so passionate about what you're doing to um, bring home the bacon. So cool, and that was probably fairly short and wasn't as as good as the book was. Um, so I'm not, uh, but yeah, but definitely still check it out. Unknown Market Wizards by Jack D. Schwager. 